Don't miss out. Because we really believe that the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and can um, impact and be transformational in our lives. And um, we have to believe that God has called us on as a church and as a people of God to greater things. Amen? To greater things. And I really believe that this is a strategic time in the life of us as a church and as individuals and that God is calling us on to greater things. We're in the middle of this um, transformational period as we go from being Revived Church, Staley Bridge, to Reach Church in a few months' time. And God is calling us with renewed hope and renewed vision to really believe that we can see our communities impacted for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just here in Millbrook, but in Mosley, in Micklehurst, in Ashton-under-Lyne, in Duckingfield, in Oldham, um, and beyond, that God can use us to be a transformational um, force in our communities. God is calling us to renewed vision and hope. And as we look at this theme greater, let's look at this verse in Scripture from Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. And this is what it says. So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Take advantage of every day as you live your life for his purposes purposes. What an amazing challenge for us as the people of God. And, and it, it brings up a question, doesn't it? And I want to ask you a couple of key questions as we start this message this morning. And the first one is, how are you living your life today? And that is a challenge for all of us, isn't it? Whether we're here in this room, whether we're watching on the live stream, or whether we're listening on the app. How are you living your life today? Are you ready for the greater things of God to be released in your life? Are you listening to God? Are you living your life, as it says in that verse, honorably with true wisdom in these times? Or are you finding yourself being conformed more to the ways of this world? Are you in the right place to walk in God's greater things for your life? Just let those questions, those challenges sink in as we continue to look at the Word of God. You see, God is a gracious God who loves to pour out His gifts generously, His blessings on us, His children. And He's calling us to more, to believe for more, to look for more, to live in the greater things of God. God is our loving Heavenly Father who's calling us on to maturity and stability in our faith. Now, there may be some of you here who you've, maybe you've been born again and um, living a life of faith for 30 years, 40 years, some of you even more. There are some people here who've been in the faith 50 years or more. 
But is that 50 years worth of maturity and experience, or is that 50 times the same year of maturity and experience and never progressing? We need to grow into maturity in the faith and stability in the things of God. And that's all of us. All of us should be growing in maturity. All of us should be allowing the Word of God to challenge us and change us on the inside. You know, in my early years of faith, I was up and down like a yo-yo, depending on life circumstances and even depending on how good I thought Sunday's service was, like it was all for me. (laughs) But maturity says, you you know, when we come to church on a Sunday, it's not about what I can get out of it, but what we can put into it. What we can put into it in giving to God in our worship, whether it's just me on a guitar with five strings because one is broken, or whether it's a full team with the amazing Pete leading worship. What a blessing he is to our team. But whether it's a massive group or just one person, we can put into the worship, we can give to God in our worship a sacrifice of praise. So are you up and down like a yo-yo spiritually? Does it depend on how much you've enjoyed the Sunday service or your life circumstances? Well, God's calling us beyond that. And you know, as we believe we're going to grow as a church and, and plant out, you know, you, maybe in the future God could be calling you to be part of a church plant in another town, another community, where there is just a small team or perhaps one musician. And um, maybe God's calling you into maturity so that, so that when those times come, that you're in a place where you can give to God your sacrifice of worship and not just think, oh, blooming neck, that Chadders isn't so good on the guitar these days, is he? Or whatever it may be. There is a place beyond that kind of yo-yo Christianity in our discipleship maturity. And God is calling us to grow in that this year. And as we look in Challenge 2020 to believe that God is going to multiply and grow this church and grow the believers, using you and me to invite people and to share your faith with them. That's why we've been doing the, um, the Talking Jesus course in our impact groups to equip us and help us to share the gospel. We want to be a people who reproduce passionate Godly followers of Christ who love God first and others second before their own needs, wants or opinions. I'm going to say that again because it's important. But we want to be a people who can reproduce passionate, godly followers of Christ who love God first, who love others second before their own needs, wants and opinions. And so do our lives demonstrate the qualities of Christ? What are we reproducing in others? Well, we want to be reproducing the fragrance of Jesus. That's not an expensive aftershave. That's just metaphorically speaking. We want to be reproducing the the aspects of the lifestyle of Jesus in our lives and in the lives of others. You know, babies are cute, aren't they? We all love to see a fresh newborn baby and to give them, you know, a little hold and a cuddle and a squidge. But, um, you know, babies need to grow and change and mature because 
let's face it, all babies are very needy and tiring. You know, I've had babies of my own and I've looked after my grandson and he, he's awesome, but um, little babies are tiring, aren't they? And they're really needy. And, um, and as Christians, as believers, um, just like babies need to grow, grow in maturity and grow to be able to do other things. Now Jonah runs up and down the front and does his little boogie to the worship and, and that's great. Well, as believers, we need to be growing and maturing in the faith. Otherwise, we become a bit tiring and needy. But growing and maturing in the faith, loving God first, loving others second, and putting our own needs, wants, and opinions in third place. You know, since um, the advent of social media and the email, our opinions seem to be even more important to us than ever. But as we express our opinions, let's always make sure that they, are, that they are filled with the grace and the love of God. Amen. We need to grow beyond superficial faith to a greater level of faith in God and a trust in him that surpasses our circumstances. Many of you will have seen those images um, on the TV. There's even been documentaries about the most dangerous roads in the world where it's like a one-track road that hugs the edge of a mountain with a terrible drop at the side. I've driven on some similar roads to that in Spain, but nothing quite as frightening as those as you see on the TV. And sometimes life can feel like that. Life can feel like we're just on the edge and we're just clinging, hanging on. Um, I remember recently seeing um, a a thing about rock climbing and these people were were climbing the side of this mountain and when it got dark and it got to bedtime, they hooked up on the side of the mountain this tent that kind of hung in midair and was just clipped on to to the sheer mountainside. I don't think I would get much sleep in one of those if I'm really honest with you. But you know what? They said to this lady, well, how do you sleep in that? And she said, well, I'm tired, so I sleep perfectly well, and my trust is in those clips onto the mountainside. My goodness me. I'm not sure if I would be able to sleep in the same way, but um, in the same sense, sometimes life can feel a little bit precarious, can't it? Life can feel like things are a bit on the edge, but we need to have a trust in God that is greater than our circumstances, greater than our feelings. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, your feelings lie to you. Your feelings lie to you. And I'll give you an example of some, something um, that um, maybe in your circumstances, maybe not. But your feelings lie to you because um, if you've been married to someone for uh, more than a few months in time, and that other person does something that um, you find a bit annoying or irritating, that, you know, there may be a time that comes when you think, my goodness me, you are the most annoying person <laughs> in this town. What's going on here? But that's your feelings. And your feelings are a lie because you love that person and God brought you together. Your feelings can lie to you. Your feelings in the TQ when someone walks past you and you smile and say hi to them and they just walk on past. Your feelings that think, my goodness me, what is wrong with that person? 
Um, you know, aren't they really awful and maybe they hate me? And then you go home thinking, why does that person hate me? And the other person's just walk straight past thinking, I'm so desperate for a wee, I need to head to that. <laughs> right. Now then, if you've ever had those thoughts about me, what's wrong with him? Call himself a pastor. He's, I've looked at him and said, good morning. He just kept his head down. You know what? Sometimes I just need to go to the toilet, okay? <laughs> And that's the reality of it. But our feelings lie to us. And they tell us something that's not true. And we need to grow beyond our feelings to a greater measure of understanding of the things of God and the things of our faith. To operate in faith and walk in that faith, believing that we're going to see a breakthrough in our hearts and lives. As Zia and I said this morning, we've got to believe that that breakthrough is coming. We don't want to follow the evidence of our eyes, but believe for a breakthrough that's coming. Um, a few weeks ago, um, well, a couple of months ago now, I was uh, unwell with problems with my throat, and, um, and one particular night, I, I felt so poorly, I couldn't sleep, and, um, <coughs> excuse me, I couldn't sleep. And my heart was pounding and got palpitations. And I was like, trying to prop myself up in bed thinking, today's not a good day to die. <laughs> in the middle of the night, it really felt like my days were up. And I was praying, oh Lord, you know, if you'll just let me live, if you'll just let me see tomorrow, <laughs> I believe we can see great things for the kingdom of God. My body um, was suffering from a virus. And I've got all these symptoms and um, I thought, wow, you know, what if I die? And the fear started to creep in. Well, that fear was a lie. And the devil was saying, guess what, shadows? Your days are numbered. Your number's up and you're going to snuff it tonight. And Jack, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll be, you'll be cold. But it was a lie. A lie from the enemy. And we need to believe in the goodness of God and not in the lies of the enemy. We've got to believe for greater. This is great, what we have here, but it's not enough. We've got to believe for greater, because God's called us on to greater things. God's called us to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God's called us to see many come to faith, but he wants to use you and me to do that, to share the hope we carry within, our testimony, our story of the grace of God. And to love others. But as we press on into the greater things of God, we need keys and tools to help us along the way. So we're going to read a short passage from Hebrews chapter 12. And um, you might think, my goodness, that was the longest introduction we've ever heard. But don't worry, we're not going to be here till, uh, till your dinner's burned in the oven. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, and we're going to look at three keys to help us through this. And then we're going to take communion at the end of that time. Maybe you're watching on the live stream, and uh, you're at home. And then, um, but So whilst you're listening to this, you can be getting a bit of um, fruit juice and a cracker ready to take communion with us um, at the end of the message. And this is what it says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, 
And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he enjoyed, endured from sinful people. Thank you. Then you won't become weary and give up. So the first thing, if you take in notes, is lose those things that drag you down. Lose those things that drag you down. Now, I'll just say, this is not, a, this is not an opportunity for you to um, submit divorce papers <laughs> if you think your husband or wife is really the one who drags me down. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. So don't get excited about that. We're talking about other things. If you've got those sort of problems, seek some help. But what is holding you back? What is dragging you down? What is it that entangles around your feet and makes you fall? For some, it could be sin or temptation that you can't seem to shake. Well, newsflash, no one's perfect and you can get help. If you're caught in a cycle of sin and temptation, there is hope, there is help. But we need to be prepared to put up a fight and pray until temptation passes. It's so essential that we learn to pray until temptation passes and God will give us the strength. Once we've done that, we then need to take steps to break the destructive behaviour patterns that lead us to temptation. So we'll use a, a, a silly um, example, but um, if you can't drive past um, Park Cakes Bakery on Oldham Road uh, without stopping at the shop and buying one of those gigantic bags of those really delicious little chocolate swirly things, <laughs> right? <laughs> ah then um, guess what? You know, don't close your eyes as you're driving past because that could cause other problems. But pray. I'm using an easy-to-listen-to silly example because if I got into some really nitty-gritty, ugly sins, you know, it would be an awkward message to listen to, wouldn't it? But pray. And then if it, that still isn't helping you, Change your pattern of behaviour by changing your route home. Now then, you can apply that to any sin and any temptation. Okay? Whatever it may be, we all know what sins that we're guilty of. There is hope, but there's also an answer to help you stop that destructive pattern of behaviour. Look at what the Word of God says on the screen from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God makes a way. God makes a way. God makes a way. I know of guys who've had to um, shut off their internet connection late at night, program the internet connection to disconnect after a certain time so that they've not tempted to look at things they shouldn't have done. 
But let's face it, um, you know, it's so easy to focus on, oh yeah, big sins like pornography. But gossip is a sin. Speaking negatively about others is a sin. And so maybe, um, maybe for you, um, for you avoiding that is when you're with someone who, in which quite often gossip can take place, you make sure that you spend your time with that person speaking good about others. And if you can't do that, then pray before you meet with them. And you know what? The next thing along that path is, is that you, you challenge that person if they start being gossipy and say, you know what? I don't think you should speak that way about that person. And the ultimate um, ripping the plaster off moment is you choose not to socialize with them anymore. Guess what? Newsflash. Being around negative people will make you negative. That's just human nature. But if you're around positive people, and if you choose to speak well of others, it will grow and it will become contagious. God always makes a way for us to break out. You know, for other people, the things that so easily ensnare and entangle um, from that Hebrews passage, it could be anxiety, it could be depression that binds you up. You know, mental health problems are on the rise across the world and we are not immune to these attacks. However, the good news is that there is an answer. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... Excuse me. I've not got a problem with prayer. I've just got a tickle in my throat. (laughs) But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, be anxious for nothing probably sounds a bit glib if you're suffering from anxiety. But there is freedom in Christ Jesus. When we submit all things to him, knowing him as our heavenly father, you know, we can get to a place where we're anxious for nothing. It's about trust and faith and standing on the word of God. Now, you know what? There's no condemnation. If you suffer from anxiety and depression, it's not a sin. There's no condemnation in that. But there is an answer. There is a rope ladder to help you climb out of that that well, that pit of despair. Give everything to God in prayer and supplication. Submit all things to him and ask him to show you how to break out of that cycle of negative thinking. And for some people, um, it can be when they go to bed at night and they lie there, all these things whiz round and round and round in their heads. Well, I've had times like that myself where I've gone to bed and all sorts of worries about things have gone round and round in my head. Well, you need to change the script in your head. So now when I go to bed, I read my Bible plan. So that's the last thing on my mind before I go to sleep. And I pray. Um, Other times um, when there's been a lot going on in my world, I've listened to the Abide app, which is free for 30 days. And it's an app, a Christian app, with biblical scriptures and meditations based on the word of God. Fantastic. It's free for 30 days, and then if you want to carry on with it, it's paid for 
I really recommend that. I used that for a month where I was going through some tough things and it was really helpful. Um, recently, um, I've started um, listening to, to Christian books on the headphones um, with an Audible um, subscription where you can download a book a month on the subscription plan and you can listen um, to that. That's another paid-for thing. If you skint, YouTube worship videos on headphones when you go to bed. All of these things to make sure that, that when we're in a place like that where maybe going to bed is a challenge for stress and anxiety, that we can change the script to one of hope and love and life and not believe the, en- the lies of the enemy about our circumstances but listen to the truth of the Word of God. And I think there's a real key here, and that is thanksgiving in this scripture. With thanksgiving, I really believe that thanksgiving praise helps us to break out of negative mindsets. So if you're feeling stressed and bothered by the stuff in your world, start to thank God for what is good in your life. And we can all find things to thank God about. Celebrate the goodness of God. Next is run with endurance. As you all know, I've done a bit of running before. I'm a bit out of shape at the moment. Um, But when I get into it, I actually really enjoy the benefits. Physical health benefits, mental health benefits, as well as getting a bit fitter and a bit leaner. Um, Now, most of us could probably run to the end of the car park without much in the way of training. It's only over there. Um, But if I asked you to run down to Mosley and then loop down to Staley Bridge and then back up Huddersfield Road to Millbrook, most of you probably wouldn't manage that very well without some sort of training. (laughs) Some of you looking dubious about the whole car park thing. But it requires endurance. Running a race requires endurance and training. I remember one time I was at the, the Great Yorkshire Run in Sheffield, Um, It's a 10k run, and the first 5k was pretty flat. Even had a couple of downhill bits. How great is that, running downhill? No effort required. Um, But then it started to get a little bit hilly and a bit more difficult, and it was hard to keep a good pace. But that's when you rely on your training to keep your legs going. And I pressed on to the 8km mark. I thought, my goodness, this is the hardest run I've ever done. It's horrible. But we got to the eight-kilometer mark on the side of the road and turned the corner. And as I turned the corner, I could see the road went like that. (laughs) The steepest hill I've probably ever seen. And I thought, that is just cruel, putting a super steep hill at the end of the race. Two kilometers to run up a horrible hill. And and I'm all about honesty and transparency I walked. (laughs) I thought, well, look, I've not stopped. You've not beat me, but I'm walking. And so I walked up this really steep hill, and then we turned another corner, and there was the nine-kilometer sign, and I could see the end. I could see the finish. Amazing how that motivates you. So the last kilometer, I ran probably the, the fastest I've ever run in my life to get over the finish line. You know it was worth it in the end? Finishing the race was worth it. I got a t-shirt, got a little medal that I could boast about. But I'd crossed the finish line. But what spurred me on at the end 
of seeing the finish line. And what spurs us on, as it told us in that passage in Hebrews, is keeping our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And if we're going to walk in the goodness of God in our circumstances, we need to persevere. We need to run with endurance. And I love this, um, this verse here. This is from um, the Amplified Bible. We pray that you may be invigorated. Who'd like to be invigorated this morning? Yeah, yeah, me too. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with joy. Not with a grump and not with a... As, as I thought at the end of that race, I am never running another race again. But with joy, how amazing that we can do that when, when we lean and depend and rely upon God. And lastly, forget opposition and never give up. There's good news and bad news. I wonder which you want to hear first. <laughs> It kind of depends whether you're a pessimist or an optimist, doesn't it, really? Quite often when I say, what do you want, good news or bad news? People say, oh, give me the bad news. The bad news is, as soon as you make a decision to get serious about the kingdom of God, about your discipleship walk, as soon as you make a decision to step out of faith and to live for the greater things of God, the enemy will bring opposition. Often that comes in the form of discouragement. Sometimes discouragement from people. Try not to be somebody else's discouragement. Learn to extend grace to those who discourage you. Sometimes it can be in the form of a financial attack. Well, you know what the Bible says, if we keep God first in our finances with good stewardship and generosity in our giving then we can rely on God to handle the wobble in our financial road. However, the good news is that our God is greater. Hey! Our God is greater. Our God is able to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. Our God is greater than discouragement. Our God is greater than a financial wobble or a health scare. Our God is greater, and we can put our trust in him and face trials and opposition by pressing into him, leaning on him and asking him to sustain us with thanksgiving. And this is a great verse from Romans 12, verse 11 to 12. It says, Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate the glow of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't that be great if we just walked around like... Ah, what's wrong with you? I'm radiating the glow of the Holy Spirit. Ah, fantastic. And let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. You know, it's okay to let God know exactly how we feel, as long as when we spend time in his presence, we take strength from him to help us carry on. 
Don't give up. And I believe there are people here this morning and people listening to this. And you need to know, don't give up. Your breakthrough's just around the corner. God is faithful. And if we persevere with faithfulness, then surely we will see the goodness of God in our lives. That verse from Psalm 23 says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and mercy, as other translations say, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to take communion in a moment. And I want to take you back to where we started, those questions. How are you living your life? Are you living your life for the greater things of God? Are you ready for the greater things of God to be released? Are you in the right place to walk into God's greater things in your life? From Hebrews 12, number one was lose those things that drag you down. Number two was run with endurance. And number three was forget opposition and never give up. Maybe you felt close to giving up on something. Maybe you felt bound or constrained by things that just tangle you up and make you fall down. Maybe you've grown weary running the race of salvation. Well, as we come to take communion, no one's going to bring it to you today. It's here for you to come and take and do some business with God. To lay down those things that have entangled you, that have made you weary, and those discouragements. And as you receive the bread and the wine, it's actually just fruit juice, symbols of the body and the blood of Christ, broken for you, for your forgiveness and your freedom. Choose to walk in freedom from this place and in the greater things of God. Maybe for you be a time of repentance and others a time of laying down stresses and worries and choosing to receive his peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise of your word. We thank you for the hope that is in you. God, we look to you. We thank you for your body and your blood broken for us at the cross of Calvary, that we can receive freedom freedom and healing and wholeness. Lord, help us to walk in the greater things of you and to lay down those things that would trip us up or cause us to be weary or discouraged. To walk in your peace and life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we sing this final song, feel free to come and take communion and do your business with God.